Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How are we doing? Good. It's good to see you, man. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being a part of Victory Family Church today. If I haven't met you, my name is Grant. Uh, I'm the youth pastor here at Victory Family Church in Newcastle. Man, we're just really honored uh, that you'd be here, that you'd be part of the uh, Victory Family Church this morning. So thank you. Thank you for being here today. We are in part two, week two of Uncle Bob. Um, so the holiday season is upon us. Obviously, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. Before I jump into it, let me remind you, uh, this Thursday is, our, is Thanksgiving, but also so our Thanksgiving Day brunch is this Thursday at 9.30. So before you go with the family, before you eat all your turkey and dressing, all that fun stuff, come by here and get a, a pregame, I don't know, a little brunch. Come out here before you, before you get started. Why not? You know, but just pile it all in. So we'd love to see you here hang out with the family uh, this Thursday at 9.30. We'd love to see you guys here. But again, the holidays, they're here. Thanksgiving is here. It kind of snuck up on us, to be honest, uh, here in 2020. I'm honestly thankful that we're in the holiday season. Something to look forward to, be excited about. But in this season, every one of us has someone in our family that may not be the easiest to get along with, may be a little bit difficult at times. I know I have one. Maybe you're thinking of someone right now. Maybe you're pointing at, don't do that. Don't point at them right now if they're in this room with you. But most of us have someone that, that may not be the easiest to deal with. A lot of us, we have family that we're excited to see, maybe cousins or brothers and sisters, family, parents, whatever. A lot of us have people that we're excited to see this holiday season, hang out with, spend time with. But there's some of us I just have that one person, maybe two people that ah, not just the easiest to get along with. And maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have a crazy person in your family. Maybe you don't have that. And if you don't, maybe it's you. I don't know. I'm not saying, but maybe, maybe. Uh, but today we're continuing our series, Uncle Bob, talking about how to deal with difficult people. And specifically today, we've been talking about how to deal uh, with negative, critical people in our lives. And you know those people I'm talking about, those people that are, the glass is always half empty. I mean, you, you can never do anything that's good enough. You can never meet their expectations. But before we jump in, let's check out episode two of Uncle Bob. Check out this video. beautiful time of the year. The seasons are changing and we get to spend a lot of quality time together. I agree, honey. Doesn't get better than this. Chelsea, obviously you haven't been paying much attention. The world is a horrible place. It's not 2019, it's 2020. <laughs> well, we do have something specific to be thankful for. We're having a baby! Stop it! What? what? Yes, 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 yes! Oh, I'm so excited! I'm gonna have to give you a glove! Oh, yes! Wow! Does no one tell me anything anymore? I mean, does anybody even like me? But Uncle Bob, we're telling you right now. Yeah, and like always, you're too late. I don't even care anymore. Well, I'm gonna go get dinner started. Dad. Yeah, bud. I have to tell you something. I accidentally ate all of the pumpkin pie earlier. 
does your tummy hurt? <laughs> oh, great. Now my day's officially ruined. Uncle Bob, we, we really try to stay positive around the kids, and so maybe can you just refrain from some of that negative talk? Uh, no. I can't just quit something like that cold turkey. Oh, Uncle Bob. <laughs> Man, I look forward to these Uncle Bob episodes every week. They're so funny. Be looking forward to our next spinoff series called Cousin Grant. Be looking out for that. Just kidding. That is not a thing. That will not be a thing. But a lot of us, man, have difficult people in our lives, difficult, critical family members sometimes. Maybe, maybe for you, it's a boss. Maybe it's a boss that can literally only see what sees what goes wrong. They can only see the, the negative things that you do in the workplace or, or maybe it's your parents. Even though you're grown up, they criticize every move you make, every decision you make. Maybe, maybe it's your spouse. Maybe, maybe your spouse likes to use the words, you never. Or maybe they have to walk out of the room every time you eat an apple. I mean, something like that. Maybe, maybe again, maybe it's family members in your life. Maybe it's family members at this holiday season. Like everyone ever, they'll, make, they'll question every single decision that you make in your life. Your, your, your degree is in what again? Is that even a real degree? Or maybe something like, when are you, you going to get an actual job? When are you going to get an actual real job? Or for you parents, you let your kids do what? I, I would never let my kids act that way. Or are you starting a business now? Well, I just hope you know, you're getting, you know what you're getting yourself into. Also, side note, my wife is starting a dance studio in town. Um, this is a real thing. So if you are, if you have kids that are in, looking for a dance studio, check us out. That's the side plug. <laughs> yeah, pray for us. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe, maybe, some, maybe those parents ask you, "When are you actually going to get married?" You've been coming to every holiday single. You knew going to actually get married. And for me, thankfully, I got married early. Twenty-one years old. I got married early. Otherwise, I, I was I was about tired of hearing those. When are you going to get married? If I heard that one more time from my grandma, that mashed potato, that spoonful of mashed potatoes, is going to go flying across the table at Thanksgiving. I'm about it's about tired of that. But anyway, no, no matter what you do. No matter what you do in your life, the, the decisions you make, the differences you make, or the, the relationships that you build, there will always be negative and critical people. Always. You know, Aristotle once said, to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. I don't think that's pretty, that's not very possible for a lot of us. And even if you did do that, there'd be some people that say, you're not, you don't do anything. So there's always going to be critical people. There's always going to be negative people in our lives. It's going to come. It's inevitable. So what's important is our response to it. Our response to it, to the, 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 the criticism, to the negative people, that is what is important in our lives. So we're jumping back into the story of Joseph. Kind of a recap. Two weeks ago, we talked about Joseph and how kind of hit the, the beginning of his story. So while he was uh, with his brothers, they sold him into slavery. They were jealous of him, sold him into slavery. And through that, he, he worked his way up into Potiphar's house, the, the kind of the government area of, of uh, Egypt at that time was lied about. Um, people lied about him. And so he was sent to prison and started interpreting dreams, made his way back up into the government house of Pharaoh. And is, at that point was put in charge of the entire land of Egypt, helped him through a famine, helped him store up all the food and supplies throughout a famine and really was doing a great job in that house. And his brother's 
came to uh, the lo- uh, came to Egypt to, looking for food, looking for supplies, because there was a famine across the land. They realized that uh, Joseph saw them, realized who they were, and so was needing to help them. But we'll pick up there in Genesis 50, uh, verse 15. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us, pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father had left these instructions before he died. This is what you were to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of of the God of your father. And when their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I'll provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So so what do we do with these critical people in our lives? How do we respond to the critical people in our lives? And it's just that is number one is we respond. We don't react. So there's a huge difference between those two words. There's a large difference between responding and reacting. A, A lot of times reacting, it's off the cuff. It's unfiltered. It's un, you didn't even process what you're going to say. You just say it out of, out of anger, out of frustration, out of sadness, out of just being upset. We react immediately without thinking through what we're saying. Before letting, uh, uh, when we react, again, it's, it's flying off the handle. It's off the cuff, not taking into consideration the effects or the actions of what we're saying or what we're doing or the words we hold. You know, when we often react, our emotions are high. When we react to things that happen, our emotions are super high. Whether, again, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, whether it's frustration. And when emotions are high, usually wisdom is pretty low in that moment. So, so what should we do? We wait to respond. We, we give ourselves time to, to form a calculated response. It's not based out of fear, not based out of anger or rage at the moment. We take a step back, take a deep breath, and respond rather than reacting. And why do we do this? Because we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, as opposed to reacting and being and reacting in anger or malice, whatever. We respond and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, diffuse whatever is happening around us. And this happens to us all the time. I know for me, like someone may text me, did you see this post they put on Facebook? Did you see what they said on this social media? Have you seen this? And then I pull up my phone, my, my fingers start typing, maybe using those mad face emojis, whatever, whatever I want to do that hits send only to make matters worse, only to make everything that has happened blown out of proportion. And this is one of the things that I, I dislike about texting the most. One of the hardest things to determine through a text is the tone of the message. So I might get a text from my wife, and it may say something completely fine, not, not angry at all, but I perceive it as angry. She's just trying to text me something. Or I may text somebody, say some just, just chill message, or I may be actually angry, and they, they don't get the point. They, they don't understand. So one of the least favorite things about that is, is, is there's no tone. But when you type it out and do, it yourself, do yourself a favor, just, just don't hit send. Type, type out whatever you feel. Type out what you're thinking. Maybe write it down, whatever you want to do, write it down, type it out, but don't hit send. It's not going to help anything. Maybe just delete that thing. I can't tell you how many times I've typed out comments, responses, or, or texts, 
You feel like getting, getting, honestly, getting all my anger out, getting my feelings, how I feel in the moment, getting it out uh, on, my, on my device or my paper, but then just throwing it away or deleting it. There, there's no need in sending it because why, and why do I do that? It's because I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to react out of anger. I don't want to hurt someone unintentionally because a lot of times we say things, we react, and we immediately regret it. We realize, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. It didn't help anything for me to say that, to do that. I just, it was honestly for me. So for this to be a reality, I have to refuse to be pulled by my emotions in the negative direction they lead, they lead me. A lot of times we can't trust our feelings. A lot of times our, our feelings will, will, will rile up inside of us and they can't be trusted. The, our feelings will have us reacting a certain way when that's never what God intended us to do. You know, again, we can't, we can't trust our feelings because our feelings will fail us. We have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to do what he's telling us. So when we respond, here's a, here's a helpful tip. So in Proverbs 15, 1, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Let me read that again. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I think this is huge. How much better is it for us to take a step back, respond to what's happening to us, maybe a gentle answer, maybe, maybe, maybe it is it, it's a re- required response, but we respond differently rather than reacting. And a harsh word stirs up anger. A harsh word doesn't help anything. A harsh word just makes the situation worse. And again, this is not being soft. This is not saying don't, re- don't respond to the people that are, that are on you about whatever. It's not saying that. It's saying respond in a gentle way. And it's not being soft. It's using wisdom. It's being intelligent, using wisdom. You see, we have to learn to filter. See, before letting any comment bog you down or, or make your head swell with pride, we have to check the truth in what's being said. We should filter every single criticism in our lives and see there's actually truth in it. You see, maybe someone at your job, maybe someone's saying you're, you're lacking in performance. Maybe you're saying you're not doing a good enough job. Well, first of all, check your performance. Maybe, maybe there, there's some truth in what they're saying. Maybe, maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're way off. Maybe they have no idea what they're talking about. But evaluate. If there's truth in it, act on it. Fix it. Make yourself better. Sometimes there's people being hard on us that are correct. They're right. They're calling things out in us because they care about us, because they, they, they care uh, how, how we do, how we grow in, in our lives. Sometimes there's people in us that we perceive as being hateful and hard and rude, but they're right a lot of times. There's some things in us that we need to fix. We just, we're just afraid to listen. You see, if, if everyone tells you you have a problem in a certain area, you might have a problem. If there's people in your life that you trust, that you love, that you care about, that tell you, hey, there may be an issue with this in your life, then most likely there's an issue. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a teacher or a mentor or a coach. Uh, all that to tell you that if you have a problem in a specific area, it's, it's listen, it's not... It's not them, it's you. Now, for instance, there's, I don't know how much you guys um, are into the Enneagram. Enneagram really just, it's a personality test. And what it is, there, there's nine different types. There's one through nine. And as a staff, we, we, we go hard in, in, in the personality test, figuring out how best we can uh, work with one another, all that kind of stuff. And they're actually pretty, in, in, pretty fun and exciting to, to learn more about ourselves. But when I took the test first, I tested as a, a two. And kind of just a brief little, what a, this two is, a two is a servant, a servant helper, a person that, that seeks to help people all the time. I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm a two. I like helping people. I like serving. That's cool. I like that. And over time, I just like, okay, I'm a two. I'm a two on the Enneagram. Now my wife tells me I'm a nine. 
What a nine is is someone that's super chill, super cool all the time, just kind of a peacemaker, like just getting along. Sometimes can be perceived as kind of just too chill, kind of lazy sometimes. I'm like, no, that's not me. I'm, I'm chill, but I'm not lazy. Are you kidding me? I don't like that. And I had, I had this false perception of what this personality type was, and I got offended, honestly. She's like, no, you are lazy sometimes. I said, it's <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. Let me respond and not react. Uh, but she's, she's right. There's times, and it's okay. There's times for us all to be lazy sometimes. There's also a, a, an importance on being a peacemaker and serving people. And there's, there's benefits in every single Instagram type. And there's benefits in being a nine. But for me, I was frustrated by it. She called me out, and she was right. And if someone is doing that in your life, someone that loves you, someone that you trust and care about, man, listen to them. It's okay. It's okay that we grow. It's okay that we take some, some constructive criticism and grow on our, ourselves. That way we can be used by God even, even greater. It says in Proverbs 15, it says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Man, I want to be somebody that grows in understanding. I don't want to be someone that gets easily offended because someone that I love, someone that I care about is, is, is calling me out on something. See, we can learn from anyone if we know that what they're saying is true. We take steps in the right direction and become better. That's what we need to be doing. And more than that, because I see what the Bible teaches. Check what the Bible teaches about the issue so we can size ourselves up to it. Check, check the Bible on, on my issue of, of being chill, being lazy. See what the Bible says about it. Because there's, there's a lot of things that we compare ourselves to in this life. A lot of people that maybe want to be like some, some important people in, in the scripture that we want to be like or in life that we aspire to be like or look up to. But the greatest measuring stick that we should ever compare ourselves to is the word of God. That is our standard. That, is we, that, that will always correct us and lead us down the path that God has intended for us. But whichever way, we have to be honest with ourselves. We've got to filter criticism so you can make necessary adjustments, so we can get better. We have to filter the criticism and, and make ourselves better at all times. And lastly, we have to know the real enemy. And who is the real enemy? What does the Bible say who the real enemy is? The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, the father of lies, a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, and many other things. I think one of the problems is many of us have confused ourselves with who the real enemy is. It's not who you see. And in fact, it's who you don't see. So over the past several months, um, I think like a lot of us have lost sight in who the real enemy is, what they're called. Some of us think the real enemy is, is Democrats or Republicans, Biden or Trump, or Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. We, we've, we've gotten who, have, who the real enemies are mixed up real big. We sometimes we think they're the enemy, they disagree with us, they're the enemy. They don't think the way I do, they're the enemy. They're not. They're not your enemy. They're the people that we should be reaching first. And when we demonize people who are actually engaging in friendly fire, hurting and wounding people who are in fact called to love. I understand that not, not everything is political. Not everything in our lives are political, and they shouldn't be. But everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Ephesians 6 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, the enemy is smart. 
He knows exactly what bait to throw in front of you to lure you away into a toxic conversation that's not going to amount to anything beneficial at all. And, and listen, no one, no person wants to destroy your soul purpose more than the enemy does, more than Satan himself wants. He has one job. That's to steal, kill, and destroy your entire life. If, if that means driving a, a relational stake of pride between you and your friends, between you and your family, between you and the people that God has intended for you to reach, then he will gladly do that. And he'll, oftentimes he'll, descri- he'll, he'll, he'll disguise that stake as, as pride in your beliefs, whichever side you lean on. So today, I mean, let's adjust our position and our posture in our hearts as Joseph did. It says in Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So when the negative and critical people, when they come, we, we adjust to allow the negativity to, to fuel our callings, to, to fuel the purpose of, of, of God that he has called upon our life. We, we use the, the criticism, the negativity in our lives. We use that to fuel uh, what God has called out of us. What, what the enemy said about you to defeat you. God is using to accomplish his will through your life. What the enemy said to destroy you, God is using to reach other people. What the enemy sent to distract you, God is using to give you focus. So today we, we stand and, and say, you intend to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God, we thank you. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you care about us. God, God I pray as we leave this place today, Lord, that I pray that we would evaluate within ourselves, God, how, how we handle negativity, how we handle criticism. God, I pray that we would start evaluating in our lives those people that we perceive as rude, as hateful. They don't know what they, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know who I am. I pray that we, as we leave this place, God, that we maybe have a shift in focus, a shift in thinking, that maybe they're right. Although if they come at us with harsh intentions, no, but maybe some of the, what there's some truth in what they're saying. So God, I pray that you'd reveal in us some things that we as, as human beings, God, as followers of you, I pray that you'd reveal within us some things we need to work on, some things we need to get better at. And God, I also pray, Lord, that you'd help us in responding to people that are harsh to us, responding to the people, those that are, that are critical to us. I pray, God, that you'd give us patience. I pray that, God, you'd give us wisdom pray, God, that we just, we, we learn to love those people even more than before. Even with, with every head bowed and every head closed, if you're in this room, you'd say, I struggle with that. I struggle with, with that constructive criticism. It's hard for me. I don't like people calling me out. I don't like people telling me what I'm doing wrong. It hurts my feelings. But I understand there's some strength in that. Maybe on the flip side, maybe you're saying, I feel like I'm probably negative too, too much. I feel like I'm maybe I'm a pretty critical person. I need to have some more grace in my life. If you're on either side of that coin, you just want some prayer today. You just raise your hand. That's a lot of us. Yeah. Hands all over the place. Maybe you're in this room and you say, you know, I, I feel pretty negative because I, I just truly, I don't have hope. I don't have Jesus. I wouldn't say that he's my Lord and Savior. I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'd follow him. And so to be honest, I, I feel like I am pretty negative. I don't have this hope. Or maybe you just haven't yet chosen to follow Jesus, but you want to change that today. If you'd say, man, I want to 
change my life today. I want to choose to follow Jesus. If that's you, no one looking around, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Everyone pray this way. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for saving me. God, I, I know I make mistakes. I know I sin. But today, I'm choosing to follow you, turn from my past ways, and follow you. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.